Hello, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you and you and you. Hey, team. We have a sick household. First it was me, now it's them. Nadi Noon are not feeling too good today. Maddy Moom are not feeling too good today. Kuka Luka not feeling too good today. So there's nothing for it, guys. It's me and you, kiddos. I'm also gone, I've gone deaf in my right ear again. I was out last night and I did something stupid with my ears and I blocked them by doing this. Does anyone ever get that really itchy ear where you have to put, oh, you have to put your fingers in your ears and itch so much? Well, I try to do that and I blocked my ear. So there you go. Okay, I bet you're really pleased you're listening to that. Hey, morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Vlogmas. Um, look at that fabulous widescreen shot behind us with virtually no evidence of Christmas whatsoever. That's because it's all gone into the chalet. Um, but it will be landing in other areas of the house too, don't you? Don't you, don't you, don't you worry. How are we all this morning? Um, I'm knackered today, says Bellex. Yeah, if you didn't know otherwise, you'd think that an alien race had sort of dropped some kind of tranquilizer in the atmosphere. Apparently, I, I read today that they think that carbon, the carbon, our carbon footprint or carbon emissions <laughs> give a bloody Oppenheimer. No, what was it? Uh, what are those? What are the prizes for um, scientists? Not an Oppenheimer. What do they give them? Hello. For like our is Grania Scarlet. Not an Oppenheimer, what is it? When you win the, the Nobel. Nobel Prize. Let's give a Nobel Prize to whoever decided or discovered that us breathing contributes to the carbon footprint of the planet. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Us breathing. Why is that? Because we breathe carbon monoxide. The Nobel, Tez. How are you, Tez? Sending you love, hope you're well. I'm just drinking and alternating my drinks. If I suddenly break into a hacking cough, it's not because I actually, I don't feel ill, I've just got sort of residues of, of, a, of a cough. But yeah, no, Nad, just so that you know, Nads is, is not feeling well. Uh, she's fast asleep, uh, trying to sleep it off. Sore throat, chilly, um, the girls have all got it. Nanny die. how are you? How are you? Uh, all being good, I think we're, we're hooking up later, Mum. I can't wait to see what you're gonna show me. What have you got to show me? Martin and Nanny Di's got a surprise, a huge surprise apparently. She's treated me to a massive, massive surprise. So, Mum, if you're watching, I can't wait. I can't wait, I'm really looking forward to it. You, you rarely surprise me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel so, so childlike because it's Christmas. Um, anyway, that's lovely. I will, I will extend all of your lovely, kind thoughts. Thanks, Faith. Now, just for you, Faith. At the end of this live, we're going to have a wee, a wee Christmas quiz, eh? Not a BBC quiz, not an ABC quiz. Just some questions about Crimbo right at the end. There's not an awful lot of news because everyone's working from home and everyone's on holiday. <laughs> or ill. Or they've been drugged by alien creatures that have dropped anaesthesia into the atmosphere because that's what I think's happened. I think something strange is going on. I don't think it's just the... Did anyone else hear about the solar flare of last week? <coughs> huh? Hey? Yeah, bang goes those extra days that Nadia kept mistakenly thinking she had. 
That solar flare is actually called a solar burp. Wow, that's one <laughs> dark, strong coffee. <laughs> that put hairs on your scrotum. I mean, it's a simple, simple, no simple other way of describing it. Um, Ellery Jones, I woke up before 8am, fed the cat, got rid of my friend's recycling and rubbish, had breakfast and now I'm home. That's quite a busy morning. I'm waiting for the dustmen to come so I can treat them to their Christmas, Christmas bonos. Uh, Tony Dunsford, good morning. Uh, not just vegan lefties, says Edward Bevington. Ugh, about what? What? It's just vegan lefties breathing carbon dioxide, is that what you're saying? Ring cam for Mark. Um, let's have a look. Uh, I had the flu now, I have a chest infection, Carla Hatcham. Yeah, gotta be careful, gotta be careful. So what are you doing? Okay, let's do, let's do a poll, let's do a poll. We haven't done a poll in ages. We're gonna do a poll. I'm gonna ask you a question. It's gonna be a yes or no answer. Answer. I want you to answer yes or no. Um, are you ill? I'm ill in the head, but I'm not ill in my heart. Uh, get well soon. Thank you very much, Ellery Jones. Are you ill? Nice and simple. I mean, I don't mean it in a sort of profound way. I mean, we're all ill. Let's face it, we're all blighted with this thing called life. Uh, and it's strange, strange contradictions. Um, but are you ill? Are you feeling sick? Are you feeling poorly? And all that kind of stuff. So yes, the first time I'm gonna whilst you're whilst you're answering that, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a chat about Donald Trump has got in trouble. Nothing seems to phase this guy. He's just a permatanned quiff. <laughs> he's like he's like a radioactive permatan quiff. If you I wonder if when you hold him close to things, he makes the sound of a Geiger counter. <laughs> I mean, sick with life, Tony Dunsford. Do you know what? I was talking to someone about this yesterday. It's quite all right to have an existential, you know, existential depression is a thing. Because of the word existential, people think it's wanky, academic, intellectual, and pretentious. We then, it's classic Brits, we then go, what are you talking about? But actually, I think us as humans are more and more challenged by the lunacy of what it is to be us. And I think we don't give ourselves the space all the time to accept that because none of it makes any sense at all. We're conned into thinking it's made sense for other people to make money and control us, but actually it doesn't make any sense. And most things in life are about distracting us from the fact that it doesn't make any sense. And I think deeply sensitive people, quite intelligent people, emotionally intelligent people know this perhaps don't articulate it, feel this, and it's what leads people to feeling out of sorts. And I think we need to be kind. I think we need to give ourselves time to stare in the face of existential madness. Jean-Paul Sartre, Sartre, absolutely, Edward Bevington. A bit of Sartre, a bit of Camus, a bit of Kafka, all that jazz. Simone de Beauvoir and all that stuffy wuffy woo Let's not say the word existential is pretentious, because it's not. Because as soon as you say it, people go, oh, God, you've used the E word. Just because you can't say it. Anyway, let's get back to Trump, talking existential Trump. Trump. I don't even know what the word existential means. All I know is I exist, and it's existential. 
Um, so Colorado, um, Colorado, where, well, I'm trying to think of Colorado, Denver, uh, Boulder, uh, these are cities. Um, I liked Colorado. It's kind of a cool state. It's a democratic-leaning state. Um, Trump exists in 5D. God almighty, really? Um, so Colo the Colorado Supreme Court have declared that he can't run for president. Now, when you see this headline, you think, what? It's all over. How come? A bunch of hippie professors in Boulder have said, no, dude, you're not going to run for president. Well, Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump cannot run for president next day in the state of Colorado, Colorado, um, citing a constitutional insurrection clause. This is the idea that he, 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 he mounted the insurrection. He, 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 he generated the insurrection, the, the assault on Capitol Hill. This is the first state to say that, though it's not legal. So this is, all of this is a bit, a bit weird. They're saying sort of in principle, you shouldn't be allowed to run for presidency only in Colorado. Now, the reason this could be significant is if other states do the same thing. But he's challenging this. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. And once it's gone to the Supreme Supreme Court, um, then all of the justices in there he's put in there, they're probably going to throw it out. And they'll be like, don't be so stupid. What a ridiculous thing. But the other stupid thing about all of this is he didn't even need Colorado when he won. So Colorado causes some headlines. So Trump's just like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I don't even like the word boulder. I look like a boulder. I am a boulder. I'm going to boulder through to the White House. So don't read these headlines. They're great headlines. And if I'm brutally honest, I popped it there saying Trump disqualified. But he's not. Uh, he just isn't. Well, he isn't. Is he? He isn't. He is. He isn't. He is. Existential. Do you see what I mean? If you analyse every single piece of news in the news at the news of the of the news at the moment, you realise that none of it makes any sense. I mean, absolutely none of it makes any sense whatsoever. Least of all, the idea, the idea that anything that's going on on the world stage is simple. We all want it to be simple because we all want to be angry. We all want it to be simple because we want, we want to have a simple opinion on things. We want to go, no, I don't agree with that, even though we don't even know what we're agreeing with or disagreeing with. What I'm saying is we're morons. We're all morons. And on that note, that's a stupid story. No, anyway, no, more seriously, though. I mean, it's a kind of, it's a gesture, isn't it? It's a gesture. It's a democratic-leaning state, once again, saying, look, Trump, you Trump Trumps, you know, you, you did cause the insurrection. You did want, you called into question the election. You're an absolute bastard. You're anti-democratic. But the idea that they live in a democracy, again, you see, scratch beneath the surface of every single sentence, and the whole thing is existential madness. <laughs> oh, let's have a look. Who's ill? Oh, not a lot of you, actually. So what? 63% of you were ill. Okay, let's ask a bit. Let's, let's ask a good question. Let's ask this question. Okay, this is a killer question. How many of you are mad? <laughs> <laughs> I'd answer yes to this if I was, yeah. How many of you are mad? And I don't mean mad as in angry. You see, again, you ask and use a simple word. Nibble beneath the surface of those consonants and vowels and it can say anything. Um, Tears, I'm not a fan of Biden, but Trump will never get my vote. <sighs> Makes you wonder who does vote for Trump. It's those kind of, 
really red-faced, really angry people waving placards and they don't really know. And you say, what are you doing? And they go, mama. They're like that, aren't they? Oh, look. Ah, this is a much better poll. Look. 80, ah, are you mad? This is great. Christos, morning, everyone. In addition to the title of people being ill, have the flu, cold, there are a lot of people who currently suffer with unsettled sleep. Definitely something in the atmosphere. I totally agree with you, Christos. And there speaketh the father of a nine-month-old. If you didn't have broken sleep, I would wonder what was going on, Squire. We're all mad here, says Wonder Woman. Gemma Perry, morning. Um, but are you mad, Christos? That's the question, are you mad? And if you're not, why not? I think you are. I think you are. That's why we get on. I think you're mad. Um, I'm going to be reacting to a trailer later. Christine's, Kristen Stewart in a new A24 film about lesbian love in the world of hyper-competitive wrestling. I ran that past people yesterday and it wasn't the subject matter so much as weird. Um, Gemma Perry, I'm mad. This is looking good. Look, the vast majority of you are saying, yes, I'm mad. I love that we're all mad. Let's all be mad together. I'm a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Grania Scarlet, I love that. Your card went out yesterday, by the way. I love that quote. I'm a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. I had some ham sandwiches the other day. They were the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Except they had sliced bread, so they weren't the greatest thing since. They were as well as. I'm just looking at a robin. It's so Christmassy. Better to be mad than normal, says Gabrielle. Alzaran! Hey Jude, what's going on? Just make a fun song for everyone. Leslie S, you saw Salt Burn yesterday. Go and check out our review. Uh, there was a lot to like about that film, but I had my reservations. Go and check out our, go and check out our review. Michelle Nine. I won't have that said, Michelle. I won't have that said. <laughs> Pot, kettle, kettle, black. <laughs> you two. Um, I am going to be talking about Hey Jude. What do you think the connection with Hey Jude is? I'm just taking you on a absolute carousel of madness. <sighs> Tony Dunsford, my sister's friend thinks everybody's mental. <laughs> I love these kind of chats. Saab Turbo on, on Bonkers. I think, I think your sister's friend's right, Tony. I think at the end of the day, let's just get off this helter-skelter of, of sanity. Everyone's fucked. Everyone's fucked in their head, aren't they? I mean, everyone. Sorry, excuse the language. I mean, everyone. I mean... And the people who are most fucked in the head are the people who claim to be most unfucked. Read the Telegraph. Just read four articles in the Telegraph. And you read them and you think, who the fuck are these people? Who the fuck are these people who think these things? Mad as a box of frogs. But they like to think they're normal. But they're not. Just sending the police in. Carla Hatcham. I'm definitely the most crazy in my family. So anyway, back to the story. Let's get back to the news. I think everyone is mad, says Christos. Um, madness defined on a personal level. It would be mad to think that we aren't mad. Oh my God, hang on, you've taken me down a bit of a warren. Uh, it would be mad to think we're not mad. But I think I'm mad. Does that mean I'm not mad? Or I am mad? Oh my God. Don't you sometimes wish you could literally pull your eyeballs out, turn them around, spin them back, pop them in your head and go, oh, look at it in there. Marjorie Dudon, 
I love your name. Uh, good morning, Mark and everyone. By the way, the world is full of mad people. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. They're all mad. Everyone's mad. Everyone is mad. We run around pretending we're not. Um, Reese Roberts, as we approach the end of the year, what's something you've learned this year, something you've unlearned and something you want to do in 2024? Okay, one thing I've learned in t uh, I've learned this year, Reese, is tragically, um, the extent to which people only want to feel an emotion about something, I'm referring mostly to the Israel Gaza war, they only want to feel the emotion rather than actually understand something. And I think that's I think actually this year has been the worst year for realising how challenged huge, not all, but huge numbers of people one would normally hold in high regard, how challenged and short-sighted and self-serving their thinking is. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a depressing one, I know. Um, something learned, something you've unlearned. Um, what have I unlearned? I can't think of I can't think of that. Something you want to do in twenty twenty. Um, well, twenty twenty four is the start of funding for a feature film, so that's something that's quite exciting, quite an important one as well. Um, and uh, but I'll keep thinking about the thing that I've unlearned. But I think that's I think if there's one big crushingly sad realization this year, and the Israel Gaza crisis has has been part of this, is the steadfast refusal of so many people who I hold in high regard or respect, and they're they're a sort of a blithe disregard for facts. And I mean, when I say that, I'm also a big, big proponent of the idea that facts are, you know, where you get your facts from is dependent on where you get your facts from, of course. Uh, okay, okay, here's another answer to that. It's a good question, really. Something you've unlearned. I think this has been the year in which I, even me, who's quite a cynical person, has really, really had the extent to which the mainstream media controls narratives revealed to me. I think that's something I've, I've never been. I mean, I know a few people. Uh, we get a few messages from people going, "Oh, you see, I was one of the. You called me a um, what are they called a conspiracy theorist and all that kind of stuff." I think there's, I think there's a point at which you can over exaggerate the idea that there's a malevolence behind things. And I think for me this year has been a real year where, oh my God, I've had to pause and go, oh, there are, there are huge other narratives at work. Perhaps the dots aren't joined together in those narratives, but that there is a sort of conspiracy amongst so many people to maintain the facade of the system that works for them uh, and again, you know, the Israel-Hamas thing, uh, uh, Gaza thing kind of creeps into this. You know, adjusting the rules and adjusting the truth and adjusting morals to fit your needs. I think that's been massively disappointing this year. I think it's been a really disappointing year for that. Does that go some way to answering it? Tez, yeah, same. I mean, for example, a small example, where the fuck is Obama? I mean, I know he's not president, I'm not saying that, but we're, you know, a strong, opinionated guy who you could possibly say did the most to try and resolve the crisis in um, Israel and Palestine. Um, not a lot, because no American president ever does, uh, because they are too aligned with the Israeli Zionist um, mission statement. But he did the most, and it's just a shame. It's just a shame that more people haven't stepped up. The other biggest disappointment, if I'm honest, and this is where I have huge respect for Nadia, is, is the absolutely paltry showing of British celebrity or bravery or moral certitude within that world, the, the British celebrity specifically, 
to stand up for the Palestinians. I don't, I don't understand. No, she's ill, Theresa. I, I don't understand. I literally don't understand. So I'm, I'm actually very, very proud of what Nadia's done and said and been. I mean, obviously, it's part of her DNA. But I'm staggered, staggered by the piecemeal. So, um, yeah, sorry, Reese, you've opened a can of worms there, mate. Coffee, New Year, come in. <sighs> Carla Hatcham, he did the most, but even he uh, has blood on his hands. Well, he wanted to get rid of uh, Guantanamo as well, but he didn't, did he? Didn't he? Um, Dawn Decker, critical thinking as an exercise should be taught in schools, investigate, research, etc. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the biggest disappointments, isn't it? I, I do genuinely think that education, through no fault of teachers, is gradually being dumbed down. I'm, I, I think the biggest thing I'm worried about from 2023 going into 2024 is the extent to which the system... And that involves capitalism, all that stuff. The system has a vested interest in diminishing the vast majority of people's ability to challenge the system. I think that's my worry. I think more and more people should challenge the system. That doesn't mean run into the streets and cause riots or be hate protesters, but, you know, question things. Have different ways to do things. Find different ways to do things. What kind of stuff? Anne-Marie Shellard, huge respect to you both. My eyes have been opened regarding so-called celebrities we once followed, Anne-Marie Shellard. Yeah, not, not just uh, so-called celebrities that we follow, but also the absolute blind, I'm going to call it for what it is, the blind, rabid extremism of certain faces in the public eye that you would think, hmm, that's interesting. Says more about your prejudice than it does about your ability to read the situation. I, I tell you also, there's something else. There's, we're all mad. There's a lot of stupid as well, isn't there? I mean, that's something else. And that's not, that, when, you know, there's always the danger when you say, oh, there's a lot of stupid people that you're kind of somehow saying you're not. That's not true. I'm stupid about so many things. Just look at Vlogmas. I'm stupid and I, we all have blind sides. But my God, there's a lot of sanctioned stupidity. And when I, I tell you what I think a huge amount of that about is both the Tories and the Labour Party. I look at them, talk, they're pudding faces. When I look at Keir Starmer's little raisins in his face, talking, and they've got those sort of like, express. they're like that, you think, oh my God, you're the best they've got? Stupid. They think they're really clever, but they're stupid. And then they are profoundly stupid. And they're profoundly stupid on an emotional level. They're emotionally stupid. We can all be stupid, but you know what I mean? I mean, we talked a lot about this during COVID and the lockdowns. A real lack of emotional intelligence. Because you know why that is? Because people can't be bothered. It requires hard work to be emotionally intelligent. It does. It requires being able to roll with contradictions and, and you know, get mucky and all this kind of stuff. So, Reese, you've opened a can. Let's close that can of worms right now. It's interesting, though. I'm pleased you asked the question. I want Angela Rayner, says Tony. That's what so do I, but, you know, there are little just moments, aren't there, in the year? Like, how, could the, how can you not vote for a ceasefire? Come on. Come on. I mean, these things won't be forgotten. But they will be forgotten. That's the thing. They will be forgotten. That's why sometimes I find Donald... I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Donald, there's a sort of comfort zone with Donald Trump because he's stupid and dangerous. Um, he manifests an existential insanity because it's like, why are people drawn to him when he's so obviously rank on so many, in so many ways? And yet he's also the source of great 
comedic stupidity. He wants to build a wall. I mean, come on. <sighs> Politicians, you're absolutely right, Tony Dunsford, don't actually care. They don't actually care at all. Anyway, so I've got a little bit depressed now, sorry. Let's get back to Mandus. Um, Christmas dinner. Okay, we've established that the vast majority of people here are mad and the vast majority of people here aren't ill. And so what I like about that is that you can be, being mad is not considered ill, which is great because it's not. Be mad. Natasha Milton, Mark, I love you, but the way you change towards me is so obvious it's painful and none of you are actually in this. Natasha, that's really not fair. And that's really unfair. And I think you have to appreciate, like we do, uh, that your experience is your experience and our experience is our experience. We've been balanced, we've been fair, we've been kind. We've protected your right to be able to express your opinion. And I think it's absolutely, um, you know, apparent, palpable and clear that there is a discrepancy now in this global crisis that's utterly, utterly, utterly irrefutable. And there comes a point after, what is it, nearly three months now, where one has to just pause and stop and say, OK, we've, we've done it from that side. We understand it from that side. That's been said a lot. But now we're on this side. It doesn't. It's got nothing to do with you at all. It's got nothing to do with you at all. So... You know, I'm sorry you feel like that, because it's not like that at all. You know, right down to the fact that we've even, you know, we've removed comments where we felt people have been too harsh with you. We've protected your right. We love the fact that you are here. We love your contributions. Um, but you know where we sit. You know where our sympathy sits. And we respect that that's different. And we also respect that when you step into this space, you're taking, you feel some risks with what other people would say, but we are not in any way insensitive or not understanding of where you're at and what your circumstances are. Um, but we are also one small drop within a mainstream media output in this country that predominantly is not reporting the truth. So, you know, and, we're, and what are we? We're nothing. It's not, we're nothing. <clears throat> so we can't keep everyone happy all of the time. And we're ap apologies if we haven't kept you happy all the time. And I'm sure we haven't. I mean, because at the end of the day, we are critical of Israel. But we also know that we share with you the fact that you're, you're also critical of Netanyahu, as are we, as are huge numbers of Israelis. I stand alongside Israeli Jewish people who are critical of Israel's foreign policy in Gaza. There's no contradiction there. It's not anti-Israel. It's not anti-you. OK, moving on. So Christmas dinner. Who's having Christmas dinner? We're all having Christmas dinner. There's a piece in the BBC News website today talking about the cost of Christmas dinner. Now, today, inflation has gone down. Wow. So Rishi Sunak's going to be able to run around and go, we did that, we did that. No, he didn't. Um, those tucking into a traditional turkey shouldn't have to fork out much more than last year. Now, you would have thought, given all of the hoo-ha around interest rates and inflation and the cost of butter going through the roof and the size of a Lurpak block of butter getting smaller, that the cost of a Christmas dinner would have gone up. But the typical Christmas dinner this year is going to cost £32.35, which is a 4.3% increase on last year, which was £31, which I don't think is too bad, is it, in terms of an increase? I'm not saying that that's... Uh, makes you wonder if it's £32.35... Is that a tucking into, is that per person or is that individually? Overall, the basic ingredients for the big day, which include 
Turkey stuffing, gravy, pigs in blankets, potato, oh, I'm suddenly hungry. Potatoes, Brussels sprouts, carrots, parsnips, oh God, I'm starving. Christmas pudding and mince pies would typically cost around £32.35. It was £31 in December last year. The, the item in it all that's increased the most is the, where are they? The mince pie. The mince, the price of a mince pie in the last year has gone up by 25%. Why is that? Um, sage and onion stuffing mix has gone down. <laughs> Dina, Brussels sprouts have gone down. The cost of carrots, I had to say carrots in that sort of fashion. The cost of carrots has gone up by 26.7%. I think we all need to start growing our own fruit and veg and making our own mince pies. What say you? Um, who's kind of coming off the conventional kind of Christmas? Who's not having a conventional Christmas dinner? Who's not going to go for the conventional? Um, I literally put on ads, she's suffering in bed. And I was like, what do I need to make the beef wellington for Christmas Eve? But who's not? Who's not? Grow your own Lee Beach. Well done. Jason M, I miss a good mince pie. I can't find them in the US. Jason M, can you not? Matey Flip, is there not some one of those sort of curiosity shops, a British curiosity food shop? Get tiered food in your garden, maximise tiered food. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about tiered farming. I remember that from Geography Olil. Wow, tiered farming. I remember drawing the tiers. Um, Faith Goodman, I'm cooking Christmas dinner for the first time ever because, oh yes, I saw, we did your card yesterday, because uh, Tony has broken his arm. Tony, what was he doing? Was he curling? I've never even cooked roast chicken, so I'm watching Nadia videos. She did a great one two years ago that still gets watched a lot, um, where she does, I think she does the whole dinner. Um, check it out. I was suggesting to the girls that they did that as a last girly cooks, but illness and baubles, the chalet's got in the way. Uh, Nick, so I'm getting mine on the reduced counter and M&S on Christmas Eve, so we'll have whatever we can get. Oh, Nick's, good idea, good idea. Um, Thanks, Edward Bevington. It's looking nice in the last in the last green figure, wasn't it? Uh, it's just a Sunday roast. That's what a Christmas dinner is, says Bev Berry. I know what you mean. It is, isn't it? It's kind of like a, it's like a Christmas roast with aspirations. It's not. It's like a Sunday roast with aspirations. Um, Ellen, good luck, Faith. Uh, Siobhan Jordan asked our adult children if we could shake it up this year. They're horrified. This is it's funny, isn't it? Aren't, aren't kids sweet? You think that change and rule breaking would come from the youngsters, but no, no. You try and mix it up. It's like Nadia said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make lasagna. And everyone had a complete hissy fit. Um, <clears throat> whoops, UK, Balfour, I'm doing a crimbo mac and cheese. Turkey and stuffing running through. A turkey mac and cheese. Tony, you fell down the stairs, dude. Faith. Give him a great big hug. Kiss that elbow or arm. Make sure it doesn't hurt though. Uh, Tez, I'm sick of the traditions on food, holidays. Uh, I'm going to always do something different. Do you observe the whole Thanksgiving thing in the US? Um, so that's Christmas dinner. That's Christmas dinner. What else have we got? Stiff person syndrome. Stiff person syndrome. This is the, any Celine Dion fans here? Michelle, I don't know if you're watching. I know you're a Celine Dion fan. Do you know what? I'm going to be really honest. I can't even think of a Celine. I don't think I've ever listened to a Celine. I mean, I've heard a Celine Dion. Tell us the name of a Celine Dion uh, song. Anyway, she seems like a nice egg, Celine Dion. I'm not going to do a diss the dolly. Don't worry. Celine Dion's sister Claudette has shared an update 
on her uh, sister, the singer's health. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I think this was last year. Think twice, doesn't mean anything. My heart will go on, doesn't mean anything. Titanic, take, take my, no, that's Take My Breath Away. That's from uh, Top Gun. What was the song? My heart, ah. You know, the only way I can remember that song is by pushing forward on the front of a boat. Anyway, the power of oh, the power of love. Is that the the power of love, dude? I thought that was Huey Lewis in the news. Laura Dion says she's loosely related. Is that right? Yeah, Laura Dion, that's quite, that's quite cool. Laura Dion says she might be loosely related to my dad, by the way, as she comes from the same tribe in Canada. Really? Like literally, what, indigenous, indigenous folk? Um, okay, where are we? Stiff person. This is a thing. I'm worried I've got stiff toe syndrome. Um, Celine Dion, in an interview with the Canadian TV network, uh, Claudette Dion, Celine's sister, said she's working hard, but she doesn't have control over her muscles. This is terrible. What pains me is that she's always been disciplined. She's always worked hard. She had to cancel her tour, uh, I think, last year. Um, but she says, her sister says, it's certain in our dreams and in hers, the idea is to return to the stage. Uh, in what state, we don't know. The vocal cords are muscles and the heart is also a muscle. What the bloody hell is she saying there? Stiff, does anyone here know of anyone who's had stiff person syndrome? Is this um, Reese with Celine Dion? I always associate the story of the song she sings that requires such a high vocal pitch that people used to see a vein stretch in her neck. Reese, that's a very vivid image, yes. Yeah. Always been a sweet and gracious woman, Tez. Uh, Jackie Valino, she lost her husband a few years ago. Stiff. Yeah, I don't know if you notice. I mean, mum, your sort of fingers are doing that thing. You know, Bill Nye has that. What's the condition that Bill Nye has where his hands sort of become stiff? And um, I don't know. Is that, is that the same sort of thing? If her heart stiffens, she could die, is Teresa Hutchinson. Wow. Is it like a sort of plantar fascia type thing? You know, there's the fascia, which is kind of like a stretched... Is it skin or muscle or something across the whole body? Um, it's weird because I was last night we were at a, a show and I had my I was sat and I could feel agony in my the ball of my right foot under my big toe, and then it spread to my knee and then it spread to my hip and it was I mean I'm not joking it was so agonising I thought I've got a leg issue here and so when I saw this story this morning I thought wow that must be so painful and so scary. Um, she seemed to have gotten worse since losing her husband. Um, oh, Natasha, that, that looks quite dark, whatever you're saying there. I didn't know there was any sort of grooming aspect to this. Crystal, sadly, after losing her husband, she has been suffering with all sorts of physical and mental issues. Sad. It's a neurological condition, very serious, says SC. Um, yeah, so all our thoughts there, Celine Dion. But has she, is there a famous Christmas song that she did? I don't know. Is there a famous Christmas song? Um, okay, moving on, because we're running over time and I want to give you a few little quizzy questions. Um, this story, I just wanted to flag this story up. Nadia saw, well, we saw this story a couple of, about a week ago. And Nadia said, I th do you think there could be more to this than meets the eye? This is the story of a woman who... Um, following a huge altercation with her boyfriend or partner, fiance, um, she ended up killing him um, by driving the car at him uh, and driving down the road and dragging him under the car. Sounds awful, and it is awful, obviously. Um, but the student that's accused of murdering a fiance has uh, obviously, she's admitted to it. She said she did it. She regrets doing it. Um, she described in court the nightmare of finding him under a car. She's a philosophy student. Um, she used her Ford Fiesta as a weapon 
driving it at Ryan Watson, uh, and he went under the car. Um, but more's coming out about this because when we first heard the story, it was interesting. I don't know why. It, it, there had been, we knew there'd been an altercation after a party. And the question was asked just idly, as you do when you're looking at stories and stuff. You sort of thought, wonder if there's more to this. Not to, nothing explains or justifies what happened to this guy, this poor guy. But it's interesting now, as, it, as it's gone to court, um, uh, as we start to hear what sounds like um, sort of coercive control or uh, aggressive, jealous, deep jealous behaviour from the boyfriend. And, and so this looks like this is spinning into a story that could become quite complicated and I think may well get a lot more uh, coverage in the new year. Uh, obviously around that whole idea of when, you know, so many women who are in prison for committing violent crimes, um, so many of them, not all, but many of them, some of them, are, are the consequence often of, of, of a desperation from trying to get out of a relationship in which they've been controlled and what have you. We, we, we're literally, we've made something about the early stages of coercive control. That's the film we've been working on. And um, this story is interesting. She, in, in court, she said she drove her fiance's Fiat Pinto home from the party. Uh, she said her fiance's attitude towards her flipped in the car. He was accusing me of flirting with other men. He started calling me a slag saying I'd embarrassed him, showed up in front of everyone. Uh, she said when they returned home, she wanted to call her father. Uh, he threatened to hurt her mum. And so this just looks like, uh, she says in tears, she told the court that Mr. Watson, the guy, her boyfriend, who she tragically killed, uh, had threatened to send someone to have her mother knifed up. So the clear suggestion here is that there was more to this. Now, again, as We've just said it doesn't in any way justify what's happened to him. But these cases become quite difficult to navigate, don't they? When you begin to realise that did this woman make a huge, egregious error uh, with drinking her? Uh, but, you know, where does self-defence kick in? Where does desperation kick in? Where does cold, callous murder kick in? Um, the, the, I think this case is going to, I think this case is going to come back up and I just wanted to flag it up because we saw it a couple of weeks ago. We left it because it hadn't developed much more. Um, and now it's sort of, it's interestingly, Nadia spotted it. She said, I think this could spin to, in this direction and it is, it is doing. Um, in other brief bits of news, um, there is a, uh, Prince Andrew could be in the spotlight again as his relationship with Epstein comes under scrutiny. A judge has a US judge has ordered the release of further evidence. We're going to see more names associated with Epstein. That could be a cause for concern with some major celebs. Um, and John Lennon's son reveals the, uh, the, the classic, I didn't, the, the reason I pulled this story, I thought, God, this is quite, this is sweet and sad. This is Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son. I didn't realise how estranged he was from John Lennon. Um, I didn't realise that Paul McCartney wrote Hey Jude for Julian Lennon and his mum as a sort of, in a sense, a sort of gift or a tribute of sorts uh, to Julian, um, sort of, you know, in a sense, acknowledging or sort of uh, validating their abandonment, if you like, by John Lennon. I, I didn't realise. Um, uh, wow. And, and just Paul McCartney said about the song, I started with the idea of Hey Jules, as in Julian. Uh, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Hey, try and deal with the terrible thing. I knew it was not going to be easy for him. Julian, I didn't know that. I, I, so, but Julian Lennon talking about the fact that actually, yes, it's lovely, but also it's really fucking sad too. Because imagine, yes, every time you listen to it and you hear it, you're you're taken back to it. And I, I don't know, it just made me 
It made me feel real. I've always found Paul McCartney a bit icky. But this made, I thought, what a sweet, kind thing. For Paul McCartney to do, forget the John Lennon. I knew that John and Julian were astray, but I didn't realise to that extent. Um, so, yeah. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jules. It would have been Hey, Jules. Okay. Um, and so, finally, I was going to talk about a question of sport, but I'll save that. Um, let's ask a few questions. See if you can get any of these right. So, uh, let me just do this. Hang on a second. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of questions, a couple of Christmas questions to go out on, just a bit of fun. Um, in November, a team of marine biologists at Southampton University made which alarming discovery about starfish? I love this. A, their genome contain, contains no connection to any other animal. B, they're immortal. C, their entire body is a head. Or D, they're impervious to nuclear radiation. Could the starfish be immortal? A, B, C, or D on this one, Faith. A team of marine biologists at Southampton University made which alarming discovery about starfish? Was it A, their genome contains no connection to any other animal? B, they're immortal? C, their entire body is a head? Or D, they're impervious to nuclear radiation? Lots of you are saying their entire body is in fact a head. You're right. Imagine your entire body being a head. It's a bit like Trump, isn't it, almost? Um, question two, Kate Blanchett gave one of 2023's standout movie performances. I hated it. Uh, as which embattled fictional orchestra conductor? A, Sylvia Gravel, B, Belinda McAdam, C, Lydia Tarr, or D, Fionnuala Asphalt? Any movie fans here will know this one. We know Paul. He's so nice to us, says Mandy Doak. Oh, really? Let's have a look. Uh, speakers I find. Good. You look like Paul McCartney. Gemma Perry says D. It's the answer. Reese is right. The answer is Lydia Tarr. Don't know if we agree on that film's. I think we do. Don't we, Reese? I'm not too sure. Question three. This year's publishing blockbuster was Prince Harry's memoir Spare. It claims his best man duties for Prince William were hindered by which unfortunate injury on Harry's person? Was it A, an infected scorpion bite on his bottom? B, an inflamed nipple caused by bodyboarding in Costa Rica? C, inflamed testicles from getting his COVID vaccine, or D, a frostbitten penis from a trip to the Arctic. I've had all of those at some point. If you had them all at the same time, you would make a very odd sound. And you'd both be ill, going back to our earlier polls, and mad. Which of those? An infected scorpion bite on his bum, an inflamed nipple caused by bodyboarding in Costa Rica, inflamed testicles, or a frostbitten penis? Lots of you going for... His frostbitten todger. I seem to remember it making an appearance of some of our vlogmases. You're correct. And finally, for today, which secondhand items did the Barnardo's charity shop in Gorsin on Swansea ask people not to donate anymore? <laughs> Was it A, pornography, B, firearms, C, sex toys, or D, cat litter? I can't even believe that these were donated. Which of these? Second-hand items to the Bernardos in Swansea say, don't give us any more, we've had enough. A, pornography, B, firearms, C, sex toys, or D, cat litter. The vast majority of you have gone for sex toys. And of course, you're right, which totally suggests a few things. We've got a few people here from Swansea. On the one hand, it says, wow, they're rampant rabbits. And on the other, it suggests they get bored quite easily. Which leads to the final question. If you like all those toys and then you're bored of all those toys, what are you doing now? That's the question I want to answer. Guys, have a lovely day. Send all your well wishes to Nads. Um, she will be back with us all soon. 
and uh, obviously Vlogmas will be landing later. I can't mum, nan, nanny die. I cannot wait to see whatever surprise it is you've got for me later. I feel like a little child again.